2: 20 minutes a day, 365 days a year. This is the Pack-A-Day Podcast. Hey everyone, welcome into the Pack-A-Day Podcast Sunday episode. Uh, I'll be your host today, Jimmy Christensen. Nick and Gage decided to be big jerks and skip the episode, so I am happy to actually have Todd Varney on today, I have not talked to you on a show-wise in a couple of weeks, so this is a little bit strange. But Todd's going to be the the co-host today. How's uh How's the weekend for you, Todd?
3: So far, so good. Uh, you say we haven't talked in a couple of weeks on a show. You've been dodging my calls for like two weeks. I don't think we we've, we've actually you talked. Call, <laughs> you called me when I was in Atlanta for
2: work in the middle of work meetings. And then the other time, the day I got home to my kids and I was like, I can't go answer the phone now. Cause I'm finally with my kids after like five days
3: without them. Yeah, no. And you're super good at calling people back. I get it. It's fine. Uh, I'm terrible great, great to be here. Back. Super, super <laughs> stoked have- to be spending my Saturday night chatting with you again. Finally, I, when you asked me, I was like, I desperately miss talking to Jimmy so much. I canceled all my plans for the evening uh, and, yeah. and was like, I, I can't miss this. So I'll give absolutely you stoked to be here.
2: I'll give you my mom's number and you two can talk about how good I am at calling people back. I already have your mom's number. Don't worry about it. I, yeah, I know. I was setting you up for that one. Uh, so we're about a third of the way this is week six of the NFL. Uh, we're about a third, a third of the way or exactly a third of the Crazy, way. Crazy. Isn't dude, it? Dude, It sucks. It's, this is where, when I start getting depressed is a heavy word but just the back of my mind of like oh it's gonna be done soon especially for the packers where we're at right now like it's gonna be done soon
3: yeah it's usually for me like after thanksgiving is when it hits me that like there's we're counting the weeks that are right like it's no longer months we're down to weeks that are left of football um especially this season where it, it's not looking at this point like there's going to be a postseason for for the packers um yeah. you know you it's it's gonna be early january we're <laughs> we're done with football so uh it, it'll be here before we know it unfortunately a nice nine month hiatus yeah it's just yeah that's I I, I I mean i'll probably give it a few weeks but if this offseason Starts out anything like last off season on Twitter, I might have to deactivate for for a while.
2: Dude, I was starting to think about deactivating.
3: Now we're not even in the off season. <laughs> I've toyed with it. I've toyed with it.
2: <laughs> I know. I told Des the other day. I've been like, I haven't been on as much, and I was like, it actually feels good. Like I don't open an app and just get hit with just so much toxicity. It's just, uh, just that's
3: just me and your men.
2: <laughs> said I only have your text for that now. Uh Yeah, I. It's crazy. But so the the plan for this show is just kind of review the the first third of the season. What we've seen that's been good, what we've seen that's been not so good, uh and then just expectations for the rest of the year, which I think all logical Packer fans kind of have the same idea, but as we just said from seeing on Twitter, not yeah, all, all four fans. of us. Yeah, all four of us. Not all uh not all Packer people are uh, that logical at times. But for through the first one third of the season like what are some of the things that you've seen that have been encouraging for you for the p- future of the Packers the 2024 and beyond season
3: uh right off the bat I mean looking at the two boys from Georgia Quay and uh Devante uh yeah. like those guys they're they're as advertised. Wyatt I obviously I would love to see him get more more reps um And Quay unfortunately getting hurt the other night, but like they're, they're going to be good. They're going to hold this team down. Um, I'm loving where they're at at this point in their careers. So stoked to see that on on the defensive side. On the offensive side, (laughs) I think that's a a, like Zach Tom. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think injury, Zach Tom. Right. I think, I think Jordan loves answered some questions. Like he's, he's shown that he's a guy, right? I don't, I don't know that he's to steal from, from part of my take. I don't know that he's the guy, but he is a guy. He can play football in the NFL. Um, and I, I think that, you know, that was a obviously a huge question mark coming into this season for, for a lot of people. And he's proven that if he's your starting quarterback, He's not going to be your biggest problem.
2: Yeah, no, I, I agree. And uh, to go with your first one too, like Devondre and Devontae, the Georgia Georgia boys uh, have been have been great. Like wa- uh, Walker has been uh, Devondre or Quay? Yeah, I went. I said Devondre. I meant Quay. Uh, Quay has been a huge, a huge. He had he took a big step this year just with. He's moving on the field a lot quicker. He seems to be involved in pretty much every play. Like you're seeing the athleticism take place. It sucks that he got injured, uh, but even bef- like he'll be back soon. But the start of the season has definitely given, uh, I think, I don't think you can really give the Packers a hard time for taking a linebacker in the first round, because I think the the flashes that he's been showing and the improvement have been enough to warrant that. And then going to Devonte Wyatt, like he's, all last season, he had 224 defensive snaps. He's already up to 182. So not even to where he was last year, but he has two and a half sacks more than last year, six pressures more than last year, uh, 13 tackles. Last year, he had 15 total. So he's already going to beat his numbers with less snaps. And he has in most in two of the three categories there. So the steps you've seen from him has been great. And I think another like bright spot on that defense is you still have a couple other defensive linemen who haven't had a bunch of snaps, but look look promising. Like Luke Van Ness, first-round pick, we knew he was going to be a slow – he was going to come come along slowly. Uh, it's the whole Rashawn Gary approach they did with him. Uh, and you have Kingsley Anambari there, Justin Hollins. I know he was released and then re-signed, but that defensive end room is is pretty crowded right now, even though outside of Rashawn Gary they're not really producing. Uh, you're still seeing some – elevation there i guess just depth wise and then on the interior colby we have carl brooks colby wooden those guys look like they can be solid especially in the past game i think is where they they're better than the run i think right now you can say the entire defense is better in the past game than the run um, but we'll get to that with the things that don't look so great but the defense overall has you've seen some flashes there at least and one player we picked up his fifth year option with Darnell Savage. That's that was a huge worry going into this year of what this safety room is going to look like. And I think even with Rudy Ford and Savage, like they, are they the best safety deal in the league? No, but no, I think they're, they've holding, gotten
3: to the, they're holding their own.
2: Yeah, exactly. I think they've gotten to the point where they're average and like, that's a huge step on what Packers fan expected going into this year. And another player that I think has had a big bounce back here is Razul Douglas. Like he has been really solid in that secondary. He hasn't been perfect, but he's been like, he's been toe to toe Jair on just like the best corner on the team right now. Like obviously Ja is overall, if you look at the two, you're still going to pick Jair like to go one-on-one with the best receiver, but with injuries uh, with him being out and everything like, Razul Douglas has stepped up a lot. And I think that's a big, a big boost for this defense as well, with Eric Stokes being out, Carrington Valentine being the third outside defensive corner. Obviously, we have Keyshawn in the uh in the slot, but I think he was he's definitely been a bright spot this year.
3: Yeah, for sure. And I think coming into the season, kind the feeling around the defense was really if the safeties can just just don't be a liability. The rest of the defense is good enough. As long as you're not a liability on the back end, this defense should be fine. And so far the defense has been fine. I know there's been a lot of people, you know, complaining about different play calls here and there. And if you want to get down into, you know, the the micro data of, you know, going play by play, sure. Have we loved every play call on offense? You can look at any team and say, I don't love this play call or this alignment here or there. Um, but overall this defense isn't giving up a lot of points and that's what a defense's job is, you know, to to keep points off the board. So they're, they're doing a good job at that. And, and the safeties, you know, like you said, Savage and and Rudy Ford haven't been a liability. They've actually been fairly decent. Uh, and that's, that's going a long way for how this defense has been performing.
2: Yeah. and. uh... I think right now it's just the popular thing on Twitter after every game to bash Joe Barry. Like, it hasn't been perfect. Like, it hasn't been incredible, but I don't know. Like you mentioned, they're not giving up that many points. So are there things to improve? Yes, that's for literally every defense in the NFL. But right now that's not the – like, Joe Barry is not number one on my things that need to change list. Um, Right. But it's it's just going to be after every game that, that gets brought up. On the offensive side of the ball, <laughs> I, it's definitely tougher on that end. Like I 100% agree with you. Jordan Leff has shown that he is a guy. Like he he's gonna hit throws. He has those wild plays uh, every game. while throws are not always completed, but just the arm angles. The um, thinking back to the Falcons game, that throw to Samari Toure that adjusted the arm angle in a super tight window ended up being dropped. It would have been a tough catch but it was catchable. Like those are the plays where it's like, oh, he has ridiculous arm talent. Then you kind of look at like deep ball stuff like it's only 5 games into this season, 6 total starts. Like we obviously have to give him some time, but he he's shown flashes to where if things can come together and weapons are around him, a solid offensive line, like he he definitely he very well could become the next I'm not going to say Aaron Rodgers, Brett Favre, because that's insane to say right now, but solid starter for a while for the Packers. Like, we, it's still up in the air with him, which we expected through five weeks. Aaron Jones, obviously, the, the hamstring injury, there's not much there from him. I guess a bright spot for me is Dobbs hasn't been that, wasn't involved that much last week, but some of the things we saw from him, especially when Christian Watson was out. Uh, one thing I saw that I really liked from him compared to Watson, I guess like a highlight of that or a big uh, example would be that last play against the Raiders where Love threw that ball into the end zone where Jordan didn't really attack it at the high point, was kind of fading away, didn't do much for the defender to, to knock it away from the defender. I feel like that's actually where Dobbs excels. We saw a lot of red zone fades uh, for his touchdowns, the beginning half of the year. And I think that's like one of the nice things is he packs the ball at the high point. He's going to put himself in position to, for the best chance to catch the ball. If anything, he's going to at least contest with that DB to make an interception hard to happen. And I think that's something that uh, some of the other wide receivers don't have at this point.
3: Yeah. And I said about Christian coming out of, of college was, you know, a concern that I had was going to be, his level of play at the NFL, he can't get away with what he was able to playing against, you know, South Dakota uh, when he was, was out there uh, in North Dakota state. Like you can get away with just being a big freak athlete. That's incredibly fast and do damn good in that conference. Unfortunately in the NFL, everybody can, can play and everybody's a dog. And We're seeing, you know, there's, he's not going full speed on some routes. He's letting off on stuff. I haven't really seen him with that willingness that Packers receivers traditionally have of wanting to get in there and get their nose dirty and, and make a block. He, he's not fighting for the ball. And, you know, even there was that bad throw down the middle. Uh, I think a good veteran receiver is going to try and make a play on that. At least get a flag. Yeah. And he just kind of gave up on it. You know, it's those differences and he, and he's young, right. You're going to see some of this come with time, but it's, it's what happens when you draft a guy from that level is you're, you know, they can get away with things down there that you can't in the NFL.
2: Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think he has the athleticism. He could definitely become a top receiver, or for the Packers, the guy that everyone thinks he's going to become or hopes he's going to become. But there's just a lot of things like you look at Dobbs, Dobbs, isn't the athletic freak that I think like Dobbs is more the the technical side of stuff where Watson just has kind of that raw potential athleticism uh, that they're hoping to kind of, kind of mold into a superstar. So we'll see. Um, It's, I I think he's the same with with love of it's too early to tell last year was injury ridden the start of this year started with injuries like he still I don't he doesn't have a full 16 games under his belt right now so
3: the season, time will tell season him. 17 games long Jimmy
2: Oh yeah sorry full 17 games wow. under his belt it's only been a few years it still hasn't sunk into my brain yet <laughs> <laughs> going into uh into the bad and not to turn into like every other negative podcast or Twitter that's that's happened, but what are some things that uh, some of the some of the things that need to improve that you saw this year? Some things that kind of stuck out of like what the hell's going on?
3: Yeah, I mean you can you can point at pretty much any position group and they've given you something to to gripe about after five games. And I think having seen everything that we've seen. Uh, with this team i'm gonna point at the coaching staff uh Mm. and it starts at the top with matt lafleur and the play caller he i don't think he's a good play caller to be honest he at least not when this team is in a close game or is down he seems to get hyper focused on just like one or two things and stay there i brought this up last week on Lombardi's Bar, Wednesday night, 7.30 Central, uh, game on mm. Wisconsin, check it out. Um, but I I brought up the, the point there that, like, San Francisco spreads the ball to four or five playmakers every game. And this team struggles to get, like, two of their playmakers more than than six, seven targets or touches. Like it, it blows my mind that Dobbs had what three, four targets against the Raiders. Um, it, it seems like every every game, you go, wait, how who on, who only had four touches? Who didn't see the ball? And yeah. like it starts there. I've brought up earlier in the season, Bassachia special teams has not. It it's been better than it was, you know. 20 and 21 but it's still not good it's not it's not carrying anything we're seeing a lot of that new orleans game i think there was four four three or four penalties on special teams and then there were multiple punts where the ball's rolling around and we've got guys close to it like Mm -hmm. what what are you doing um so that's an issue and then on defense we were told we were going to see something different. Things got to change. Everything's got to change. And that's what LaFleur's said for two years now. Yep. And I I'm not a big X's and O's guy. I don't dive into the scheme. I don't I don't know a lot of that. But what I can tell you, what I'm seeing with my eyes is it's the same thing that we've yep. seen every other year with Joe Barry. Yes, this defense isn't giving up points. That's always great to see. However, they're not doing the offense many favors.
0: Just go to Indeed.com slash wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
4: What's going on, Packer fans? It is time that you make Little Caesars, which is the official pizza sponsor of the NFL, part of your game day routine. If you guys know anything about me whatsoever, you know that I love pizza that every time the Packers win, I have a victory pizza. And what you should also know is that victory pizza is from Little Caesars. I This is no joke. Little Caesars, by far and away, my favorite pizza. What you can do is you can order online during their Pizza Pizza pregame, one hour before and three hours after NFL kickoffs, plus all day on Sunday. And then you can get ready for football and fun. Choose your favorite Little Caesars pizza. Pick the toppings you crave. Either way, you win. For me, I have the same order every single time. I'm going with their hot and ready pizza pepperoni, no questions about it. And more importantly than anything else, always, 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 always get the crazy bread. It is, in my opinion, the best food that you can get on the market. I'm not joking. I love crazy bread. Love, love, love crazy bread. Get it every single time you win when you get crazy bread. And speaking of winning, Literally everyone scores with convenient delivery or their in-store pizza portal pickup. So grab some friends, enjoy a few slices during the game, and always get your victory pizza from Little Caesars. You won't regret it. Pizza Pizza. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Do you ever feel like your brain is getting in its own way? In college, I personally dealt with an addiction that was tough to get over, and while my mind kept telling me to do the right things, and I wanted to do the right things, it was always hard trying to make the right choices in real time. What I eventually found out was that therapy can help you figure out what's holding you back and how to work for yourself instead of against yourself. Therapy has helped me with my past struggles and helped make me a better person today for my friends and my family. Therapy has helped me learn my trigger points, my destructive habits, and what positive steps to take to ensure that those negative behaviors turn into positive ones. If you're even thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be catered to your schedule, and flexible to your individual needs. Make your brain your best friend with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com. Um, slash pack a day. Hello friends, today we're brought to you by Manscaped, who has taken a step up from Balloween to bring your face the cleanest shave it's ever seen. So this season, no need to toil in trouble. Manscaped's all-new handyman is the best way to get rid of that stubble. Featuring a compact design and next-gen skin-safe technology, the handyman was designed to give you that smooth finish without the mess of a traditional shave. Get the sweetest treat this Halloween by going to manscaped.com and using code PACKADAY for 20% off plus free shipping. I recently picked up Manscaped's new handyman and friends. It is amazing. There are so many incredible aspects, but the fact that it has one guard that can trim to 20 different beard lengths is a game changer. Their skin safe technology is legit and getting through a full shave without any nicks and cuts gives me all the confidence in the world to go for that smooth, close shave. Oh, And you can use it for wet or dry use as well. So this amazing device does absolutely everything. Right now you can get 20% off and free shipping with the code packaday at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com using code packaday. For a look as sweet as candy, get yourself the handyman from Manscaped. It's finally football season, which means...
2: No, I a hundred percent agree. And going to Matt LaFleur, like I don't want Matt LaFleur fired, but sometimes I wonder if his role, it's that whole theory on like promotion. Like you get promoted to the point of incompetency. And I feel like maybe LaFleur's best role is as an offensive coordinator where like his sole focus is the offense. You worry about play design, calling plays, focusing on that. And you have a head coach to do everything else because it kind of falls into like the responsibility of Joe Barry. Does he call the defense? No. But like you said, it's been two years of the same thing of like, things are going to change. We have to evaluate everything. And it would be great to hear that stuff and like see action, but there really isn't. And that kind of goes back on him. And then looking at the offense too, I think it was, I forgot who it was on pack a day with Andy um, who was saying like, you got to put your players in the, in the best position possible to succeed. And putting Luke Musgrave as your top tight end who's also responsible for like these crucial blocks on that offensive line is not putting him in a position to succeed. succeed. Like you drafted him to be a freak athlete at the tight end. And yes, that blocking has to develop and get there. But at this point, there's also a sense of like the Rashawn Gary, the Luke Van Ness approach of like bringing them along slowly, not just throwing them in the deep end that is going to affect literally everybody else could affect could like cause a terrible hit on Jordan Love or AJ Dillon or Aaron Jones yeah like the problem is things.
3: the problem is he doesn't have a veteran to hide behind i mean you've got Josiah Aguara, but that's a completely different skill set uh yeah. there's yeah. there's not another guy that that they can put out there and when i think i've i've said this from from the jump they don't care about wins and losses this year i i truly don't think they do they yeah. want to evaluate the talent that's on this team and get guys comfortable. I mean, they're young. They need to get guys comfortable with NFL speed. And I think Musgrave is a guy that you go, look, eventually we want you on the field for every package we have. Yeah. We we want you to be that guy. We don't want teams to look and go, oh, Musgrave's in the game. They're passing. Yeah. And so this is a year where they're saying, get out there and chip, learn how to chip. You're going to learn doing this the hard way and yeah. kind kind of the same that we've, we've seen with love. We've said it over the last few years. Practice is one thing you can, you can do all you want in practice chipping guys, you know, blocking here and there, whatever it may be, get out and do it in a game. And we found out against one of the best in the league and Max Crosby, uh, Luke Musgrave is not a good Chip blocker at this point in his career. God no, <laughs> but but my hope is that he learned something from it and has you know the the next couple of weeks to kind of go over that and learn how to get better and figure out what to do differently. And yeah. you know that that's what I that's what I'm hoping is going on. Uh, aside from again, who else do you put in there? You can't put Tucker Craft in there. You bought his jersey, Jimmy. You that, know that's, that's going to be me. bad for That's everybody. on me. That's on me. Um, I think the tough part is like, I a hundred
2: percent agree with you, but then I think that goes back. It's not even on the floor at this point, but I guess we're seeing the pains of the youth approach, the youth movement. Whereas now I'm thinking like, it might be beneficial to have a couple, couple veterans to just for certain, like have your young guys in the majority of the plays, but even just for like evaluation standpoint, like there's times where Luke Musgrave hits a, misses a block that messes up the like the entire rest of the play. So it's hard to evaluate Jordan Love in the sense of like, oh, he doesn't have time now to see if we can see if he can get through these progressions because our tight end messed up this block. So you have that evaluation on Musgrave, but now that just kind of messes up the evaluation for the rest of the play. And so like, I don't know if it would have been better to yeah, have. There's, there's, enough,
3: there's enough plays though. I mean, we're looking throughout the season, right? Yeah, like, yeah. Missing a handful of chip blocks that upset. And also you're getting to see, okay, how does... Jordan react to pressure. How does yeah. he react to a breakdown in blocking assignments? So I, everything at this point. And, and that's why I think we haven't really seen a return to the basics on the play calling. You know, they're still kind of throwing the whole playbook out there on, on what they can do. And I think again, part of that is Jordan. This is year four for you. Yeah. We're not, we're not going to run a basic rookie playbook with you. You know, the playbook, you know, what's here. And same thing with the guys, you know, the wide receivers, like these are the routes. These are the concepts. This is the scheme. This is what you are expected to run here, whether you're a rookie or a a veteran in your seventh year, which I don't think we have anybody on offense. that's that far along. Um, But like, this is, this, it is what it is. Learn how to do it now. And then in a year or two, I honestly, I think this 2025 is kind of the, the next time this team is going to start caring about wins and losses. Um, yeah. And, you know, at that point they'll start, you know, kind of coming around, but in the meantime, like guys, it is what it is. These are, these are what we expect out of our players, regardless of who you are and what your experience at level is figure it out.
2: Yeah. Is it a little alarming, like going into like, just kind of like figure it out. This is what it is right now, but, even with Aaron Jones going out week one and just the difference in the offense that made like should one player and especially running back is valuable, but we've seen throughout the years, like if you do running back evaluation and scouting correctly, you can find guys pretty much anywhere to kind of plug and play at times. Like, is it a little bit alarming that with Aaron Jones out, like the offense and like the run game is just sputtered pretty much completely.
3: Yeah. The, The lack of interest that this team has had in finding a running back that's not Aaron Jones or A.J. Dillon is just, I don't get it. I mean, yes, we've got Emmanuel Wilson. What's he got, 10 touches on the year? Yeah. Taylor, he's gone now. Yep. And he was the guy that I kind of felt like that's why they weren't going after anybody else but you yep. look at some of these other teams and they're four or five running backs deep already this year. And they're like, all right, cool. Just plug another guy back there and let him go. And mm-hmm. I, I think part of it is having Aaron Jones in there. Like they've got those top two spots locked up and that's what, what makes it tough is who are you, how, how much are you willing to give up for a guy that's going to come in and maybe get five touches a game? Like, And if you've you've got 33 and 28 healthy, realistically, they're not getting any touches in the game probably. The only tough part to that is like they saw
2: the regression in A.J. Dillon and then to still not have like a a backup plan. Yeah, Yeah. because like you look at the Colts, like Zach Moss coming in after Jonathan Taylor, obviously injured last year, start of the year, injury slash contract issues, like came in was a very good back. I think they had like Evan Hall too was a, um, a rookie that they decided they brought in as well. And it's like, so they had plans and I just feel like we lacked that part. So I guess a lot of the gripes I've had haven't even been, and I don't want it to be a huge knock on, on Goody because I'd still think Goody is a, a good GM. And this last draft class was good, but I think it's some of these like plans of we, we stick with things sometimes a little too long under the floor era is what I think right now. And I think we saw that too. Obviously, Joe Barry, A.J. Dillon. I'm not saying cut or trade Dillon, but after a regression of a year, I think like it's it would have made sense to be like, hey, let's have a plan just in case we're seeing that again and yeah. in case Aaron Jones goes down. And well, I think that was kind of a failure on our part.
3: And I think part of that is having held on to Rodgers beyond what Goody's yep. initial plan was, right? Rodgers was here at least... Two more, two years longer than Goody initially planned on, yeah. and so when you're there, like you're keeping guys around at that point because you're trying to make a, a run, you're trying to make a push, and whether people want to admit or realize it, the Packers went all in with Aaron yeah. Rodgers, and and that's where you know because of that, I think now they're in a spot where they knew like you can only attack so many positions the way that the Packers do, which is primarily via the draft, you can only attack so many positions a year. Yeah, And so this year, clearly the two that they felt comfortable not doing anything with was running back and safety. And I know they brought in a pile of safeties on the back end, but none of them are real difference makers uh, yeah. in the long run. And so I, I think those are going to be two of their – positions of focus next year especially the way goody likes to double up on positions you know i expect yep. to see two safeties and probably two running backs yeah uh, taking a next year's draft and probably pretty high <laughs> yep <laughs>
2: you know uh sprinkle in some offensive linemen
3: yeah which again like that was supposed to be i I remember in camp and we were all like man there's there's just so many offensive linemen like we've got." Uh, Like, I think you and I were talking about it when we were in Green Bay when New England was in town. Like, there's legitimately two sets of starting offensive lines here. Like, you can go 10 deep, no problem. And it turns out a couple of guys get hurt, and you're like, okay, never mind. Um, It was good in theory. Yeah. Well, (laughs) and that was assuming that Royce Newman was never going to see the field and that Josh (laughs) Myers was going to at least attempt to touch people on plays. Yeah. But it's, you know, that, that didn't happen. You have some injuries pop up, and all of a sudden, this line looks like an absolute liability at times. Do you
2: think we see a shift this year of Tom going to center and putting uh, Nijman at right tackle? Or do you think they give Meyer one more year to try to come around and prove himself since it is kind of an evaluation, not so much focused on winning losses at this point?
3: Yeah. I, I think what they're looking at now and would make sense. And why Yash isn't getting time at left tackle while Walker's kind of struggling is they're looking at it as Tom and Walker, unless they find something in the draft, they're the tackles moving forward on this yep. team. Um, So I don't see them moving either of those guys. They know what they have in Yash, right? Yep. And Yash is going to be gone after this year. So no sense in stunting the growth of one of these guys just to get Yash in there. Uh, so I I don't see anything really changing along the line. Kind of, and my my mindset there to kind of pivot towards you know what we're seeing or expecting the rest of the year. I don't expect to see this team make a, a trade. There's a lot of guys out there. We've seen how many names: Judy Chin. Uh, I don't know. There's been like five or six other ones. I don't expect yeah. any of those guys to, to come in because this team isn't worrying about wins and losses. Why are they going to give up assets? Unless it's somebody that they can lock up for the future. Yeah. Then sure. But they're not going to be giving up assets to get somebody to come in to finish out this season.
2: That's the thing is like, I don't, any trade that they'd make right now would not be someone that can make a huge impact right now and come in and be like a huge difference maker. It would be for a young talent that they think they could possibly mold to and evaluate right now. Like it would not be a big name person, uh, which I think fans, especially over the last few years have been kind of hoping the team would start doing. I think it would be an example would be like, we're not going to do this, but a Terrence Marshall, that was, that's on the trade block in, in Carolina a young wide receiver that had a couple splash games. Like if they think they could do something with him, they'd make that trade. Wouldn't it be someone that would come in and make an impact, but someone that can evaluate and see if it has a future, like a spot in the future, like nothing crazy would happen. But at that point too, like that stuff you can do in the off season. Cause all these people on the trade block right now, most likely are going to be released at the end of the year. So I'm with you. I don't see any trades happening. Uh, it's always fun to talk about, just because you know we're we're hoping the NFL kind of moves to the NBA around the trade deadline and uh, things start going. Crazy, which it has gotten, it's definitely picked up in the last few years, but but we'll see from there. I think too with this team, expectations for the rest of the year. I'm with you on. I, I don't see much changing. Like I think they're going to keep doing what they're doing right now because this is a system and the style that they want to do. I, they're not going to change that. They're just going to see what players fit that. Uh, I wonder at what point we see less Preston Smith and more than this. Like, is there going to be, as we're later on in the season, playoffs out of the question, do we start doing that? Like Preston's snaps go way down, which would be something that, not that I want to see, but I would expect to see a bit. And I guess one thing to change is just seeing some of that schematic stuff on the defense change to stop the run. Uh, It's been years saying that, so I don't have high hopes for that. But just seeing some kind of shift of – it will probably be in the last three weeks Joe Barry will start trying some different things, have three really good defensive games – that save him his job for the 2024 season. And we just repeat the cycle for another year.
3: Yeah. Uh, well, it might be, it might be a couple of weeks before, cause the players will still have to care enough about the season to go in and tell him that it's not working. You're right. We, yeah, I don't think we're to the point
2: yet of a player meeting with Joe Barry. So we're a little, uh, yeah. I jumped the gun on that one. Yeah.
3: But yeah, uh, I mean, I wouldn't surprise me to see that,
2: but yeah, I don't, I, I guess for expectations for the year, like I just don't have any at this, like the bears game, I think got my hopes up a little too much, but then even though I knew going into the game, this isn't a great test because it's the bears and the bears, the bears right now have been doing much better. But at that time it's week one, the bears team looked abysmal the first few weeks, like that wasn't a great test. And I think that got the hopes up a bit, the first three quarters of the Falcons game. And then I think after that was just kind of a drop down to reality of what the season's going to look like. And it's just looking at finding what positives you can get out of these players. Like Dontavion Wicks, someone that I'm, I guess that's an expectation. I expect to see him play a bit more has the most separation in man coverage uh, taking advantage of that a little bit more and having another option for Jordan love. But besides that, like I think it's going to be a lot of the same for the rest of the year.
3: Yeah. It, as far as Preston Smith seen a, a decline in snaps, I don't know that that's necessarily going to happen. I mean, we're going to just see the rotation there because Preston Smith still has three years on this deal.
4: Yeah. Um,
3: I, I would be more surprised to see him get a decline in snaps over Van Ness uh, than I would to see him get traded, which I think if this team keeps going in this direction, like – the reason that I say 2025 is the next year they're going to care about wins and losses. Next yeah. year's going to be a year where they're they're cutting cap, like Jones, Smith, Bach, like those guys are gone. See, um, I don't know.
2: Jones would be my one after this year with Dylan. If they keep Jones for another
3: year and have that replacement for Dylan come in, yeah, potentially. Yeah. Um, Gary, who knows what happens with that deal. Like I just jaw, like, does he become somebody that they want to trade just to stock pot? Like it, yeah. it's going to be an interesting couple of seasons for this team, which is why I think you're in a good spot of not really having expectations. So let's just see what we see week in and week out. We've had it. We've had it good for a really long time. And if it means that we've got to have a couple of down seasons to try and figure some stuff out then that's, that's what happens. Uh, But I'm confident that this organization, they've got a pretty good track record of, of making sure things get back on track pretty quick. So Mm -hmm. I'm not, I'm not too concerned about that.
2: Yeah. And I still think, I don't think we're a bottom five team. I think we have more talent to kind of put us in that position. Um, But it's going to be, I I 100% agree with you. Wins and losses aren't going to matter really until 2025 because that's really the year too where the cap starts becoming especially valuable for us, uh, where we're not as cap-strapped as this year, especially next year gets better. But 2025 is that big year to where if we know loves the guy, we're going – we're bringing people in. We're making big signings like we saw um, in, what was it, 2020, 2019, when we had the Smith brothers and Billy Turner and Amos. Uh, that's the 2025 year. So we'll see. The hopes are high for the future, not so high for the season. Uh, is there anything else you want to add uh, for expectations or good, bad that we've seen before we uh, before we wrap it up?
3: No, I I think we've kind of we've kind of covered it for the 20 minute uh, chat that we wanted to have. We've almost doubled that. So yeah, I, know. I, 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 I think I'm too excited, rambled yeah. a little bit, especially me. Well, and like we said, it's been a while since we've talked because um, you don't answer your phone. But anyways, the <laughs> let's I, I, I don't want to point fingers. Um, yeah, yeah.
2: We don't do that here.
3: No, no, uh, no. I mean, just if you're a Packer fan, listen to this like which obviously you are. I don't know why you wouldn't riddled be with bear
2: fans right now. <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah. Just casual chargers fans tuning in. Um, <laughs> temper your expectations for the rest of the year. Like think about it when, when you're getting mad, when you're going to tweet something, just think, does this team want to win this year? And probably not. Cause your draft picks better and, most likely if it's too good of a draft pick, Goody's gonna flip it and drop yeah. down and stockpile some more picks. And that's what this team needs. I you know, there's like we said, there's a lot of of areas that need to be addressed. And that's yeah. that's something that is gonna take a lot of draft picks to get it right. So expect expect to be uh not impressed, I would think the yeah. rest of the way. Uh, now you, they're they're gonna come out and blow the doors off the Broncos, I'm gonna be right back in. Like, I think this team will make the playoffs. I think that's they, the thing. It's gonna be another
2: Bears bait and switch. We're gonna get super hyped after this and then be like, oh wait, never mind. It's just another
3: bad team. Yeah, when I'm excited, when they when they do that and I get excited, somebody just tweet at me, uh remind <laughs> me that I said, calm down, Todd. Yeah,
2: don't get too hyped.
3: All right, so last thing I want to ask you, what do you think? Just prediction
2: record wise end of the season. I know beginning of the year you said to me you saw 5 and 12 or 12 and 5. Are you still are you sticking with that 5 and 12 right now or do you think it's somewhere in the middle?
3: I what we've saw so far, I think I think 5 wins is probably the ceiling for this team at this point. Um just hasn't hasn't been a lot of good that we've seen and we've seen them lose to some bad football teams. So I, that I five and 12, I think is where they're at. Yeah. I'm with you. I was going into this Raiders
2: game of saying like, this is going to be the stretch to where if we want to win games, now's the time. Cause next three games would have been Raiders, Broncos, Vikings. And I think just with that loss to the Raiders, I just showed of like, Oh yeah, it's going to be not as pretty as I thought. Like we still have some games, Panthers, Giants, uh, Rams are much better this year than expected, Broncos. So I'm with you. I five, six wins, I think, is gonna be where we where we fall. Uh, but again, that's not that bad for a team like this. That winning isn't the would you like to win games? Yes, not the priority right now. Uh so yeah, I'm with you. Five, six wins
3: is probably where we're at. But uh to finally wrap it up, Todd, where can uh where can folks find you? You can find me on Twitter uh, as long as I stay on there at the Todd V. Uh, give me a follow. That's where where you can catch all of my happenings, which is pretty quiet this year. Just Wednesday nights with you and Dan over on Lombardi's bar.
2: Yeah. yeah. For me, follow me on Twitter, Jimmy underscore C zero eight. I've actually same as you. I don't think we're that great Twitter follows right now. I don't really engage unless I see it's an at from you because I'm like, oh, what the hell did he say about me now? uh besides that i'm pretty quiet on there too but uh lombardi's bar wednesdays with todd and dan uh i'll post i I didn't haven't even done that the last couple weeks i'll i write for pack report might get posted there pack a day on sundays but uh if you want to follow that go ahead at jimmy underscore c08 but uh we appreciate you listening and uh keep coming back to pack a day for all the packers news and as always go pack go